Good morning everyone and welcome to Essex Church and to this our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. Welcome to those who are new here today, welcome to all those who are here regularly, welcome to returning visitors and friends, welcome everyone. And an especial welcome today to our podcast listeners several of whom have been in touch lately. At some future time around this world of ours, people will settle down and listen to this service as a podcast in India and Washington State, Ireland and the Carolinas, both North and South, in Hungary and Poland, York, Wakefield, Beverly, Sheffield, just some of the places where our regular listeners have been in touch from recently. Not to mention those here in London who for some reason or another can't be at church today. So I hope you all feel part of this community, however many miles you are away, and however you are feeling at this moment. Today's service has a theme of just coping. Um, It's the final service of the month of June where we've been exploring a theme of um, flourishing, flourishing and coping. We've been reminding ourselves that in most human lives we'll get to experience what it feels like to be on top of the world and down in the dumps. At times we'll be the ones who can cope with anything and at other times we'll feel ourselves going under. And we know the truth, don't we, that some lives are far tougher than others and that this world is neither fair nor just. Only we humans have the capacity to try and rebalance things, to assist those in need, to seek and offer support whenever we can. Now my hope in each of our services is that there's something that speaks to each of us. So however you are experiencing this human condition this summer morning, may something in our words and our silence, our music and our prayers speak particularly to you. And may our simple chalice flame, it's one light connecting us with progressive, Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist communities the world over. May it remind us today to value the gifts that each of us bring to this community and to this world, celebrating the truth that each of us is a unique and valued aspect of what it is to be human. Welcome. Welcome to you all. This, this reading is for any of us who have ever felt that we might not be enough in life, that we've got to um, earn our place on this planet by being nice or busy or whatever. So much undone. So much to do. So much to heal in us and the world. So much to acquire. A meal. A healthy body. A fit one. A lover. A job. A better job. Proof we have and are enough just around the corner now. And up against it, the reality of all that falls short and the limits of today. We honour the limits. 
If your body won't do what it used to, for right now, let it be enough. If your mind won't stop racing or can't think of the word, let it be enough. If you are here utterly alone and in despair, be all that here with us. If today you cannot sing because your throat hurts or you don't have the heart for music, be silent. When the offering plate goes round, if you don't have money to give or the heart to give, let it pass. The world won't stop turning on her axis if you don't rise to all occasions today. Love won't cease to flow in your direction. Your heart won't stop beating. All hope won't be lost. We are all part of the plan for this world's salvation. Of that, I have no doubt. The world needs its oceans of people striving to be good, to carry us on the shores of hope and wash fear from the beachheads and cleanse all wounds so they can heal. But oceans are big, and I am sure there are parts that don't feel up to the task of the whole some days. So rest if you must, like, like the swimmer living on her, lying on her back, who floats, or the hawk carried on cushions of air. Rest in these seats made to hold weary lives in space carved out for the doing of nothing much but being. And perhaps then you will feel in your bones, in your weary heart, the aching, healing sense that this is enough, even this. That we are enough. You are enough. Enough. And for these and all the meditations of our hearts, unspoken in this hour, I say, so may it be. And we're, we're readying ourselves for a quiet time of reflection and prayer, in which I invite you to align yourself with that which you hold to be of greatest worth. Recognising that we are part of the oneness of all that is. One life, one living planet, here together, spinning in space. Let us take that message that we are enough into our hearts and truly accept its universal message that however we are, emotionally, physically, socially, mentally, we really can be accepted as we are. Flawed human beings 
living flawed lives, sometimes joy-filled, sometimes disappointed, sometimes all too aware of our inadequacies and errors. Let us breathe it all in and nurture a growing awareness that we are all in this journey of life together, all experiencing versions of what it is to be human. And may this awareness awaken our compassion for ourselves and for all beings, all doing what we can to survive, to prosper, seeking pleasure and peace, yet knowing that pain and disturbance are all part of the mix of life. So let us help one another to lean into the pain and disturbance of life. Those aspects we fear or disapprove of. Let's be people who do not back away from our own troubles or the troubles of others. Let's learn to accept that which is and then do what we can to make life better for all beings. To improve social conditions, to expand education and to widen our appreciation of all those who are different from us. And in a few moments of stillness now, as we hold that awareness of the oneness of all existence, I invite you to direct your care, your concern, to those you know to be in need this day. And may our love reach out and make a difference in our world, this day and all days. Amen. Do you know, I intended to turn this into a sales opportunity. I've gone and left the books downstairs. Imagine that I've got a very nice-looking, well-designed, slim volume, and I'm going to offer it you for only £5, or if you're really, really keen and haven't got any money, you can have it for free, because it is a collection um, from, I think, 2011, um, of statements of belief from members and friends of Kensington Unitarians. And uh, we had them printed in a, a booklet called Kindred Pilgrim Souls. Um, and I have my favourite pieces in that little book. And I'm going to read some extracts from one of my favourites, written by our much-loved Caroline Blair. 
Now, this piece stayed with me particularly because early on in it, Caroline, with her characteristic humour, tackles an old saying that has always annoyed me. I wonder if it's ever got under your skin, this one. If life sends you lemons, make lemonade. It just has far too much of a positive thinking message for a gloomy realist like me. So I wonder if this message will resonate with you. So Caroline writes, I believe that bad things happen to good people. All we can do is identify the things we can influence and make the best decisions we can and come to terms with the things that we can't. None of this is easy and it is an ongoing and forever incomplete process. I believe that if we get lemons, we won't always be able to make lemonade. Sometimes people get too many lemons at once and their strength gives out. We need to look out for people who are drowning under lemons <laughs> and be ready to offer a hand with the lemonade making. They may not be easy to spot or easy to help or at all grateful. I believe that there is an almost bottomless reservoir of kindness and goodwill among humans, but that it is easily disrupted. We are damaged by our own painful experiences. Angry, unwilling to risk further pain, idle, insecure, self-satisfied and unimaginative. It is a tribute to basic human decency that so much kindness and tolerance survives the journey. I believe that love is the answer as long as it is realistic, resilient, genuine and open-ended. The love that says charity begins at home is nothing more than mean-spiritedness in disguise, as it invariably means and ends there. We have to try and find a way of loving, valuing the less lovable, and we will never do that if we circled the wagons against anyone a bit different from ourselves. Words from Caroline Blair. I'd like to send them to every politician around this world at this moment. Strong words, loving words. And it's really lovely to have Caroline's family with us today. This service today is called Just Coping. And I don't know about you, but in my life, I've had a fair few times of just coping and a fair few times of not coping, of going under and of needing other people's support to keep in any way afloat. I know that I live one of the more privileged lives here on planet Earth and still, at times, it's a struggle, isn't it, for many of us. What I've learned over the years is the value of building up support networks of various kinds and nurturing them. Some of us have family that are supportive and those relationships need working on, just like any others. Some of us have really useful relationships with professionals, with health workers, GPs, social workers, teachers, 
And again, these relationships need attention, particularly when public services are being squeezed of funding as they are. Our support networks may involve neighbours or friends, and they may be both near and far, connected via a phone or online. And over the years, I've learned the importance, but also the challenge, of finding some kind of balance over time between giving and receiving, in every relationship and in each life overall. It can't be equal because life is not equal, and we are all different in our needs and abilities. But I think each of us does well to look at an overall balancing in ourselves, rather than getting stuck in any patterns of being just a giver or just a receiver. And I've learned that we all need practice, lots of practice, in articulating our needs to others. And that really isn't easy for most of us, is it? Especially, I think, when we're finding life tough. But saying how it is for us can make our relationships deeper, more real, more authentic. And I really do think that makes our world a much better place to be. We're moving into a meditative time now, so there'll be a few um, words spoken to guide us into a good few minutes of silence together and that comes to an end with a chime from our bell. So settle yourselves however best works for you. Hold on to anything you would like to hold on to and let go of anything you'd like to let go of. Maybe take a lovely relaxing breath and settle yourself in your chair. If it works for you, feel your feet on the ground and have that sense of resting on a planet spinning in space. <coughs> Allowing the gentle rhythm of your breathing to help you turn inwards. Aware of noises in our, our building and outside on those busy London streets, but able to turn inwards for a while. So let's soften our gaze or close our eyes. And in this time of shared stillness, I invite you to think of what this realistic, resilient, genuine and open-ended love can mean for you. How does it feel to love and care for ourselves in this way. Realistic, resilient, genuine and open-ended love. How does it feel to experience that kind of love for our world and all that lives upon it? Let us rest for these few moments of stillness in realistic, resilient, genuine and open-ended love.
When I was training as a counsellor over 20 years ago, one thing which kept cropping up within all the different theories was the idea that if someone had adverse childhood experiences, it shapes them and stays with them into adulthood with an increased chance of challenging mental health, addiction and substance misuse, and a high chance of going on to perpetuate the same experiences to their offspring as they'd experienced. Whilst there is truth in that for some, and a lot of different sources of support can help in counteracting the impact of adverse experiences in childhood, I found that I felt frustrated that this was the only outcome talked about. As someone who's had my own fair share of adverse experiences growing up, I felt boxed in as if that was the only form of future available to me or that society expected of me. Deeper inside, I knew a different truth, something that I'd been living but hadn't or didn't know how to put into words. That some people develop a sense of resilience partly from the challenges they experienced in life, even early life. It made me think, not just about an inner transformative ability I seem to have when it came through going through difficult periods in my life, but also wondering why it wasn't something that everybody experiences. This question about why everyone doesn't naturally experience it is a question I've revisited over and over again throughout the years. Wondering if it's nature or nurture or a bit of both, or if it's down to mindset. Why if 20 people, for example, all experience the same traumatic event, some will go back to their lives as normal, some will find it too much and not be able to cope with life afterwards, and others will go on to lead fuller lives even going on to aid others in leading fuller lives as well. But the theme of this week's service, it brought me back to this question. And this time I came across a term that I hadn't heard before, one that described the phenomena of having come through the struggle and experience of something traumatic and all that goes with that, However, going on to have a sense of positive growth. The theory is called post-traumatic growth and was developed by psychologists Richard Tidashi and Lawrence Calhoun in the 1990s. Richard Tidashi says, people develop new understandings, understandings of themselves, the world in which they live, how to relate to other people, the kind of future they might have, and a better understanding of how to live life. To determine if someone's experienced post-traumatic growth, psychologists use a five-area scale to chart positive responses in their volunteers. The five areas are appreciation of life, relationships with others, new possibilities in life, personal strength, 
and spiritual change. And spiritual meaning their outlook of something beyond and bigger than themselves. But this isn't to negate and take away from all the difficult, helpless, challenging periods people can feel when having experienced past or ongoing adverse events. As I had even written myself during a very challenging time in my adult life when I was only just coping, I wrote, coping can feel like treading water, like being in a big ocean with no one around, occasionally finding yourself submerged, like needing and needing to pull oneself up to the surface again until help arrives. So I don't share this to negate, but to point to the idea that things can and often do change. That the periods of time when we are just coping can be inter interspersed with times when we are coping, even flourishing. Post-traumatic growth speaks of an alternative view. That even if you have had adverse childhood or adult experiences, that the idea that the only possible future is one characterised by addiction, mental health challenges and perpetuating behaviours isn't set in stone. A possibility exists of going on and having or leading an even better life. And for anyone going through or who has been through difficult times, as most of us have, that can bring a bit of hope that help will arrive to one's inner ocean of despair. And that, I think, is a really good thing to remember. Thank you. In, in a world where we cannot stop the tough times from reaching us. In a world where we cannot always protect those we love. Let's remember that by supporting one another, the journey is made easier and more companionable. With love to guide our journey, we kindred pilgrim souls. Amen. Go well and blessed be.